Hi there, this is Alvin, and welcome to the Kickstart Commerce Podcast, where we share search marketing and domain investing strategies to help grow your business. In today's episode, our guest is none other than Josh Reason, a full-time domain investor and recent founder of DNWE.com, a domain name wholesale exchange platform aiming to empower domain investors to competitively, quickly, and easily liquidate the buying and selling of their domains. Today, Josh and I discuss how flipping smartphones, and yeah, I did say how flipping smartphones led to him discovering domain investing. We'll also discuss why and how Josh is advocating to cast greater visibility upon the domain industry by encouraging, educating, engaging, and empowering all industry players, such as domain investors, buyers and sellers, brands, brokers, just to name a few. Josh also shares a bit about DNWE.com and the importance of a liquidation platform for today's domain buyers and sellers. And last but not least, we talk about getting in behind the curtain of a few of Josh's latest domain sales and also discussing the present and future state of the domain industry. So with that, Josh, welcome and thank you for making time to join us today. Hi, Alvin. Uh, thanks a lot for having me. Uh, it's great to be here. Um, as you said, I've, uh, I'm a founder of uh, dnwe.com um, and I'm a full-time investor. So, Josh, you know, briefly share with the listeners just a bit about yourself, who you are, your prefer- professional and personal background, probably starting with the uh, accent. I mean, it sounds like you're from Texas, right? <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, no. So I, so I, uh, I grew up in, uh, I grew up in the UK um, from uh, Bristol, England. Um, I then uh, moved to Spain. I actually lived in Barcelona for five years, from the age of uh, thirteen to eighteen. I was actually, uh, I played a, I played tennis in a in a tennis academy there, and then and studied in an in an international school. Um, so the idea was actually for for what I wanted to do is I wanted to be a pro tennis player. Um, that didn't end up happening. So I, uh, so I ended up going to college in, in the U S and played college tennis. And, uh, yeah, that's, that, that kind of, uh, is, is a little bit about my background. I, uh, worked in FinTech for the majority of my life. Um, uh, sorry for the majority of my career, we should say. Uh, <laughs> I was like, man, it ended. <laughs> yeah, was like, yeah, yeah. Then who am I talking to right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, I worked in fintech for the majority of my career, while also kind of part time uh, in domain investing during that whole time. Um, that kind of stint in the fintech world has recently come to recently come to an end for me, and I've gone full time into the industry. Uh, of, of domain investing, and I've obviously got my uh, my platform DNWE that's taking off uh, a lot of my time at the moment. Um, but yeah, I, I, I spend a lot of time in in the industry. Um, I typically get on the phone with investors quite frequently, um, just because I enjoy talking with them. I enjoy discussing the in- industry, and uh, I uh, certainly would like to continue to advocate for its growth. Gotcha, gotcha. So then, in terms, so. Tennis is pretty much kind of what has paved the way for you to a certain extent. And so, like, what college did you did you attend or graduate from? Yeah, so I went to uh, Auburn University, Montgomery. Um, they are a basically a uh, like a sub like a sub school of Auburn, uh, the big the big university, um, and they're a Division two school, 
um, so NCAA Division Two, um, and uh, yeah, it's based in based in Alabama, and I, I was there for four years. Interesting, and so then. And like I alluded to there in the, the beginning, so, you know, you had told me the story in our pre-call of, of about how you were flipping phones or why you were flipping phones. So explain that whole process, because that, that literally blew my mind. Yeah, so obviously, as a, as a, I haven't, I don't think I've ever t- told this story before, and I've been on you know quite a few podcasts and <laughs> and main Sherpas, so this is this is going to be a first. Um, but essentially, as an international student here in the U.S., you have very few options um, in terms of what you're able to do uh, work-wise. So I spent you know the majority of my time working in the grounds department to make money in the beginning, um, and that was because. Uh, the university was able to give me a job working in the grounds. And that involved me having to wake up very, very, very early um, to work for, you know, a very low income wage. Um, and then, you know, I would do do that for three or four hours early in the morning before going off to practice or uh, our fitness sessions. And it was just, you know, it was very, very tiring. So I obviously wanted to find a different way uh, to make money. Um, and I've always, I've always kind of been, a, I've always kind of been a sales type person. Um, I think when I was, when I was much, much younger, I used to sell, I used to sell candy at school. I mean, things like that. So I, so I decided that, um, I knew a lot about phones. I was interested in, you know, all the new technology that was coming out. So I looked for, looked for some, uh, I look for some ways that potentially I could um, buy phones when people were looking to cash out. It's essentially very similar to uh, the wholesale market and domain names. If somebody wants to sell a phone because they got a new phone, they uh, will occasionally, you know, sell it for below the retail price tag when they want to sell it quickly. Um, so I started buying phones. Uh, I went through Craigslist. I went through um, eBay. Um, I started repairing old phones, um, that, you know, were sold as broken and then I could repair them and sell them as uh, working condition. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I started to scale that up throughout my time in, in college, uh, to the point where pretty much, pretty much everyone in our athletic department, at least a hundred plus people, maybe more, uh, had phones, had phones from, that were bought from me. Um, and obviously I bought, I, my, I sold to many, many other people outside of the athletic department, but it, it got to a point where, um, I was kind of the go-to guy for buying, for buying a phone. Man, I need an upgrade. Josh is my guy. Interesting. So then from flipping phones, so obviously that, that there are parallels between it and domain investing. So how did that then lead you to discover domain investing? Yeah, so as I was coming to the end of my my senior year in uh, in in college, I had uh, I just accepted a uh, a job uh, out here in uh, in California, and you know I realized that I wasn't going to be necessarily uh, flipping flipping phones for the rest of my life, um, and I wanted to find another way to make money without you know necessarily needing to be any in any physical uh, location to do so. Um, so I started looking online in terms of, you know, what, what, what basically how to make money online, how do people make money 
online uh, from their home. And obviously, I went through tons of different things. I think I, try, I tried various things. I think I, I've tried to open up various e-commerce stores and um, and do the drop shipping thing and all kinds of stuff. And um, when I, I, right before I came out to California, I found out about domains. Um, and I think I stumbled across. Um, I think I, I stumbled across something uh, that led me to name pros. I you know, spent, I ended up spending a lot of time in there. I ended up buying a lot of names and, and, um, yeah, I kind of got, kind of got hooked to it. <laughs> <laughs> now when, I guess in, in terms of time, what, what year was this? Uh, so this was, um, I, I first found out about domain investing just, uh, early 2014. Ah, gotcha. Now, and, and so early 2014. Now, how long did it take you to get to your first sale? <laughs> I mean, I think I may have like sold a few things here and there on name pros to other people for cheap, <laughs> but like real first sale, um, I honestly probably took me, it probably took me about a year. I think that the first, I think the first four figure sale that I had was, uh, helicams.com um <laughs> which I, I think i bought it for like a hundred bucks and i sold it for like a thousand something wow. like that um which was like when the drone when the drone industry was kind of getting big um so but yeah it took me a while i mean my first my first year of buying the domains was i mean horrific i just <laughs> made mistake after mistake after mistake and bought rubbish names and continued to do so didn't you know didn't really know too much what i was doing but what i did have going for me is that i spent a lot of time i made a lot of mistakes i spent a lot of time learning and reading so you know i did i was improving it it was just uh maybe not as quickly as I would have liked. <laughs> Do you remember what uh, your very first name that you purchased or names? Do you recall any? Yeah. I mean, really bad. The two off the top of my head were um, uh, hiscash.com, H-I-S-C-A-S-H, and uh, use sales, U, the letter U, S-A-L-E-Z.com. <laughs> um I purchased that one because I, I I kind of thought of some kind of some kind of marketplace for buying and selling stuff. Like I, I mean, just just horrific. <laughs> well, wait. So why why is usales dot com? Why is it a bad name or not a good investment? I mean, <laughs> so you and I know, but 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 kind of share it with your given wisdom of today. If you only knew now, then what you know now, it, you know, it'd obviously be different. But yeah, go ahead and explain. So if you take away the last letter of that domain name, it's okay. If you take away the first letter of that domain name, it's okay. Um, if you take away both of them, it's a very great name, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's obviously sale.com. But when you have both of those random letters on the front and the back, <laughs> I mean, it's just really bad. I mean, it's it's and the the, the 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 Z or Z, however you want to say it, at the end is obviously in 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 replacement of an S. Um, so I mean, it's just I mean, there's so many things wrong with that, right? If you're building, if you're starting a company, first of all, it's completely confusing. The U could stand for could it could be Y O U, 
but obviously I just put a U on the front. Uh, the, the Z could have been an S. Um, and then it just doesn't make sense from like a brand perspective. Nobody's ever going to, nobody's ever going to call their <laughs> website or company that. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that people, early investors just kind of, uh, convince themselves that a domain has some kind of value, um, because they can't find anything that's available. So they keep going, they keep going, they keep going until they find something that's available. And then they're so amazed that they finally thought of a name that's available. They're, they, they're, they convince themselves that it has some value. That's a great point because the reality is, it's kind of like you said, I mean, it took you a better part of a year um, to to go through the trial and error, the buying. So, I mean, in terms of totality of, of how much you invested, what did you invest um, in from a dollar amount in that in that given year yeah i mean so at that time i was obviously just graduating as a college student i didn't have a lot of cash i i um i was making my money from flipping phones so it was we're talking we're talking you know less than five thousand dollars in in cash that i had available to invest um i think it was probably probably more but more in between probably invested in the first year about two thousand to three thousand dollars i think the majority of what I invested in was were like yeah like hand registrations and maybe one or two uh, names here and there from the aftermarket, but not really that much. So I mean, is that a recommendation in terms of starting with hand reg, or where would you typically you know likely encourage folks to start in terms? Yeah, of so I was, I was I was speaking to someone yesterday who was interested in getting started in the industry, and I and my my honest opinion is that. For anyone that wants to start in the industry, first the first thing that they should do is that they should listen to the podcast, they should read the blogs, and they should uh, watch Domain Sherpa. Um, if it continues to intrigue them, I think from there, I would, for me, I think I would go and and uh, and sign up with DN Academy personally. Um, it wasn't around when I started, but in terms of in terms of a course that's available that kind of consolidates everything that you need to know into a into an easy to learn course i i think that they're i think that they've done a phenomenal job so i would probably do that and i would do all of that before ever buying a domain um and then when you start buying domains i would only look for stuff that other people want to buy um at the beginning because you just don't know enough about the market you haven't had enough experience to be able to go in and say oh, i'm going to pick this close out or i'm going to make a or i'm going to hand register names right like i could i can hand register names that i think might have an opportunity to sell today but that's after seeing so many sales and studying this for so many years so what i would say to new investors is hey bid on bid on stuff that other people are bidding for right if you win a domain or auction for $200 at namejet or expired auctions or whatever you know that there was at least one other person that was willing to pay $199 for that for that domain um, ideally, there were a few other people that were that were in that auction that expressed interest in that domain. And then I said the same thing about about the platform that we have at, at the NWE. We, you know, Josh and I look at all of those names and we've said, okay, like we think that name is is liquid for at least this amount, so we're going to put it, we're going to curate it into our platform, so that you can say, like, from a buying standpoint, that there are other people that think that that domain is valuable as well. So. From an investment standpoint, if I'm newer, I want to put my money into something that I know that I can get money back out if I need to. So does that, I mean, because to a certain extent, you know, it's like I can hear uh, listeners in my head going, okay, so Josh says that 
you know, I should look for other domains that, you know, likely have bids to them. So one of the things that at least I know starting out for me was getting in and seeing there's a domain out there. It has one bid on it. I put a bid in. There's a proxy bid that, you know, is initiated or engaged at that moment. And it basically places bids until whoever's at the top is winning. So mm-hmm. is it that you want one person involved in that auction or is it that you really want probably two or three people involved in the auction with which is it and why one person is okay the more people that are in the auction the better because that's an indication of how many more people you know are interested in that domain name um so you know that you're not the only one or you're not the one one of two um it's it's and and you know this is a this is a is an interesting topic I'm not saying that you can't be successful hand registering names or waiting for names to go to closeouts and buying closeouts because I buy those names all the time in closeouts. <laughs> I do I do that all the time. I do that because of the data that I'm able to uh, look at and all the knowledge that I've accumulated in terms of what sells. And I feel confident in myself that I've seen something that maybe has been overlooked by other people and or and, and and I think that it has a chance in selling within the next, you know, five years or whatever. Uh whatever my flat my 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 long-term strategy might be. But for for a newer investor, they don't they don't have that experience to work off. So right. it's it's I think that when you if you're if you're hungry to start investing in domains, I think it's it's more important for them to actually to act, honestly, to actually put a little bit more um, uh, thought into uh, and then maybe a little bit more money into each domain name that you buy because of the because of that validation that it gives you that there are other people that were also interested in that name. You actually sparked something else just in my mind of just kind of hearing you in terms of say, you know, you have a strategy for a given name often. So then how often do you invest in a name to where uh, do you already have a set period of time that you're saying, I'm willing to allocate X amount of dollars across these many years you know, to renew this domain. So is it something like, Hey, when I buy a domain, I typically know that I'm in for three years or five years. So like me personally, I look at it and I go, I'm at least into a domain, um, a given domain for sometimes five years, um, hands down, you know? So do you take that same approach or, you know, how do is it a case by case basis? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple of points there. I mean, I'm, I, I know that if I know that there will be, names, many, many names in my portfolio that I will never sell, right? <laughs> Just because that, 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 that's, 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 how the, uh, that's how the numbers play out. That's how the odds will work. I mean, just, there will just end up being some names that I have that just that, that won't get the right offer during my lifetime. Um, that, <laughs> and, or, you know, or at least a lifetime of domain names. Hopefully, I, hopefully I live a little bit longer than, than that. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, so, but but generally, what I'm doing is I'm saying, hey, you know, I just spent. Let's say I just spent a thousand dollars on, you know, let's say a hundred names. Um, my my, what I'm really looking at is, hey, within the next two years, I typically do. Within the next two years, am I going to be able to get an ROI on that thousand dollars? Will one of those names sell 
for you know my price tag, which is which is almost always going to be over a thousand dollars. And if the answer is yes, then I know that that's a good investment because after after that point, I'm in the green, right? But I'm not investing in those names right now with the uh, with the mindset that I'm going to be in the green even 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 twelve months from now. Got it. So that is so that's an interesting. Um... That's an interesting take. And I, I, I kind of, you know, like I said, I mean, I, I pretty much have uh, some of the same takes, although, you know, I spend probably most of mine are in um, closeout auction purchases. And I, and I probably say personally, for me, it is, I made that decision only because in like the last, you know, five years, I've just seen things skyrocket in um, expired auctions in terms of mm. names that you used to could get for, you know, probably 50 to $75, maybe even hundred dollars. They're getting up in the, in the range of six, seven, eight, nine hundred $900. And so I don't know if that's rather a sign of, Hey, more people are interested or, you know, what do you make of that? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, it's interesting because there's lots of different levels of, of domain investing, right? There's, the, there's these these names that, like you said, you could have picked up for fifty to a hundred dollars uh, four or five years ago when I was getting started, and now they're going for nine hundred, a thousand. You know, such a such a such a such a huge amount more. Um, and I think that actually those those kind of names will continue to. Um, I, I think they'll hold their value pretty well. Um, I think it would be. I think, I think with all of the with all of the people that are coming into the industry and all of the businesses that are moving into a more digital uh, framework and you know focusing on their online presence, it would be I think it would be it would be it would be counterintuitive to think that those type of names will go down in value. They, I mean, they might fluctuate slightly, but over the long haul, I don't think they're going down in value from here. Um, and then in terms of, in terms of comp- competition to get those names, that's going to go up and that's a hundred percent sure. Um, because we, I mean, we're going to see more investors in this, in, 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 in the domain industry. Um, uh, I can almost guarantee that. So I speak to someone nearly every day right now who's interested in getting in and I get, you know, I'm pretty active on on Twitter and I get messages from people every single day that are like, Hey, I want to, I want to start investing in domains. I want to start you know, doing this. And that's just me personally, the amount right. of people that are going onto and seeing name pros, I'm sure that I'm sure the numbers are, are huge. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I see more investors in this market year over year, uh, personally. Um, new, I see new people coming up all the time. And I, and I think that, as people start to realize that these domains are truly a different type of asset class, a different type of investment that they can diversify with, I don't see why you wouldn't uh, get an, an influx of more investors. Um, so, yeah, my predi- I, listen. That's this is my prediction, um, and I, 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 I'm, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say it's a, it's a hundred percent sure, but I'm I would be. I would be very, very surprised if in the next two to five years, we don't see a big influx in more people investing in domain names. And, and, and that's interesting because, you know, so you and I, we both attended NamesCon 
2020. And so um, here in Austin and it, to me, definitely want to want, want your take on it as well. But to me, it seemed if I'm comparing it to NamesCon uh, to 2018 back in uh, back at the Tropicana out in Las Vegas, when I compare that crowd versus to this crowd this past year, it seems as it would have made me to believe that the industry is actually shrinking. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that for sure. The, so the the general. Um, Austin, the Austin conference in general was, uh, had more of a, more of like a, more of an intimate type feel. Um, and I'm not sure. I, I never actually circled back with anyone, uh, at NamesCon to ask what the attendance rate was versus, was, uh, was versus, uh, what it was the previous year in Vegas. Uh, but I think timing would have been a, uh, was a slight issue with the virus as well. I know a lot of people that didn't end up going. Um, and they didn't end up bringing their team as well just because of the timing. Um, and then also it's the fact that a lot of people enjoy going to Vegas. Right. Um, and uh, I know that while some people were ready for a change, there were a lot of people that were quite upset. So Correct. that might have been that might have been one of the reasons as well. Well, you hit on another point because from an international, you know, I know a lot of uh, folks who were international definitely had, you know, their challenges in terms of, of getting, you know, direct flights. Um, and so, you know, if you, if you wanted a direct flight, you know, into Vegas, it's probably easy to do, or at least minimize the number of, uh, you know, jumps that you had to make from your, your origin to place of destination. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and then, you know, also uh, I'll say this is that the main investors are quite private in terms of like the type of person that, that, that is in the industry or has been in the industry in the past. Very, that, you know, a lot of, a lot, very few uh, share what they're doing publicly um, because they don't want to draw attention to the way that they make money. Right. It's not a, right. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not rocket science. People don't talk about their strategy and in investing. They don't report their sales and in domains. They don't, they don't do any of that because they don't want people to know what's making them money and they don't want increased competition in the space. Um, I look at things, I look at things personally a little differently, which is why I'm probably a lot more open with what I share publicly than, than most. Um, but that's the that that is the reality is that a lot of people don't like talking about what they're doing right it it or it makes me it gives me um makes me think rather in terms of i'll tell you but likely after everything has been sifted through yeah you know it's like after the fact um so it's one of those things of as it's going on so you probably have people that are out there making just you know, uh, gobs of money, you know, if you will, right now that they probably wouldn't be willing to share until a year from now. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and so that that's interesting. So do you think that that obviously I there will always be a percentage that will be that way, but moving forward into the future, do you think that um, more of the new investors are likely going to be open or, you know, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean... I'm. I try to be as open as I possibly can without without um, you know hurting my own acquisition opportunities in the meantime. Um, uh, and you know, I probably I probably do actually reveal more than I should because 
um you know we're all in com- competition to try and get the best domains that we can and um and essentially make the best investments um but I think that by bringing that I look at it from a different angle, right? I think by bringing more investors into the industry, it will help legitimize an industry that is unfortunately still frowned upon by most people on this planet. Um, and In squatters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if I even if even if I was to have a conversation with some people in my family, they would refer to people that have domain names who are not using them as squatters. Um, exactly. So until- now, what's the, now what's the difference though in, in terms of you know how do you how do you handle that that type of conversation? Yes. So, I mean, it's a, it's a very frank conversation. It's the fact that a cyber, a cyber squatter is someone that's intentionally trying to infringe on someone else's trademark, right. not anything that a domain investor wants to do. It's nothing that I want to do ever. I don't want to be involved in anything that has to do with uh, infringing on somebody else's trademark. Um, now, that that comes with a few uh, with, with a lot of caveats because um, trademarks are complicated and trademark law is complicated so you know that's another area that i think in order to be a you know good investor you need to have a very good understanding of what's infringing and what's not indeed so indeed and that's and that's the thing that you know it's like i i I believe that most investors at some point we've likely all probably registered something whether we knew it or not that infringed upon but i go it's to me it's what do you do once you know um that it is um and in certain cases it's you know it's like i remember starting out and i i think um it was brought to my attention that i had like uh two or three that i just did not realize were um and i instantly you know dropped them yeah. Um, and, and so I go, you know, it's a matter, it's, it's, I, I go, I don't think it's a matter of if it's when, and then what do you do? Um, well, it's also, it's also usage, right? I mean, right. It's, people, people get confused about this all the time, but at the end of the day, the most valuable domain names, uh, are the ones that have dozens hundreds of trademarks uh for that exact match of of the of the domain for example i don't know bloom right right bloom bloom.com is a a seven-figure name um and it doesn't and i'm sure there are hundreds of trademarks out there um not one of those trademark uh not one of those trademark owners is entitled to owning bloom.com um but if they do, if Bloom, if some, if there's a company called Bloom and they have a trademark for, you know, that is related to financing um, small businesses, and then I put, you know, fi- uh, small business financing links all over the landing page of, of, of Bloom.com, that's infringing. But don't, but but you just don't do that um, because there is obviously so many. There's obviously uh, so many other uses that you could uh, use the domain for. So it's all about usage. And hey, I'm not I'm not a not an expert on on uh, trademark law, and nothing nothing that I should nothing that I'm saying should be uh, <laughs> should be taken <laughs> out of, out of context, right? But all right. I'm saying is that there's a lot there's a lot more to it than hey, is there a trademark 
is there not a trademark? Right. And that's something that I know that uh, DN Academy hits on. Um, um, and, and basically, I know that they dedicate a section to that, I believe. And so that's it, you know, yep. for, for those who are listening and, you know, you, you want to get educated, it's, you know, I'm, I agree with Josh in terms of, Hey, you, you certainly want to get your hands on dnacademy.com. And I know for some, they'll say, well, what, Oh, it's going to cost me. And it's like, well, it's going to cost you either way. If you do the course, it's going to cost you. And that's, and that's going to cost you in a good way in terms of being a great investment, or you don't do it. And you may run into, you may run afoul to some of these things that we're talking about. Yep. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, it will cost you in some way or another. If you, I mean, I'm not saying that you have to obviously use that particular course, but if you don't right. invest in your own education into investing in this specific industry, then um, you'll invest by making the mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> and there, hey, in a bought lesson, that's a, that's a good lesson there. Um, and, and it's best if you don't have to buy it yourself. Learn from someone else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Learn exactly. from someone else. So then kind of shifting gears here, Josh. So, I mean, share with us a little bit about how DNWE got started. Like, where did this, this brainchild come from? Yeah, so uh, this was, this kind of, this has been actually in my mind for a long time. The fact that it really, it really stems from the fact that you see these, you see how easy it is for uh, GoDaddy to liquidate expired domains, right? Or Namejet to liquidate expired domains. And you think from, from a domain investor standpoint is why, why, why isn't it, why is it not easy for me to liquidate my domains? Um, and, if I if I do want to liquidate my names, what are the options that are available to me? Um, and obviously, at the time of you know this is going through my head, the options are Flipper, which is a public auction, Namejet public auction, um, or a GoDaddy public auction, or list the names on NamePros in a public forum. Um, and I, I I just my I thought to myself, there's got to be a better it's got to be a better platform for investors where they can, you know, where their names are going to be a lot more visible. They can get the eyeballs from other investors and they can, you know, get money quickly for the domains that have liquid value. Um, so that that's where it came from. And then I uh, started building it in about August of last year um, as a, as a kind of like a side project. Uh, not really, I wasn't a hundred percent sure uh how it would be received, but I knew that it was a hole uh, in the industry that I thought that I could potentially fill, and I'm still, still, that's still TBD, but so far so good. Yeah, I was about to say. I mean, and if anything, what's uh, what I kind of chuckle and laugh laugh about to myself is your timing, man. Talking about impeccable timing um, to coincide with with COVID. Um, and so it's like, obviously you can't plan things like that, but it certainly does help, you know, to have people probably at home in front of computers and likely looking for, um, other, other sources or secondary sources of revenue. Um, and so, so all in all, in terms of the platform, um, so where, I mean, where is the platform at today? I mean, how many users, uh, any transaction stuff that you can share that's going on? Yeah, let me just, um, I mean, so, I mean, we have 15 uh, transactions in escrow uh, right now. Um, we've 
I mean, we just we just hit fifty, I think, a week ago, and and now we're already nice. at we're already at seventy. Um, so I mean, we've been we've been on we've been on like five five a day ish for the last week, um, and yeah, I mean, the we've we've done. I think about sixty thousand in in sales, uh, nice. maybe a little bit more. Uh, so the average transaction size is is right around kind of the thousand dollar mark, um, which I think it's more now. I think I think I, yeah, I think it's I think it's a, I think it's about seventy thousand in sales, right around the thousand dollar mark, um, average transaction size. So it's one of those it's one of those things where we're actually capturing the lower end um, of 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 the market, which wasn't really that easy for people to liquidate before. Uh, you know that you talk about liquidating, you know, high high value names, the fifteen, the twenty, the twenty five thousand. Those go in the newsletters a lot. Those go. There was. There's obviously a lot of focus on those because the brokers are able to make good money on them, but very little focus uh, on on the lower end names. And while yeah, we've we've had some sales. Uh, we've had a nine thousand dollar sale. We've had a couple of five thousand dollar sales. And we've got names listed on the platform for you know 20, 25, 30k or whatever. Um, we've definitely so far seen a lot more traction on the lower end. Gotcha. Gotcha. So then in terms of so let's help classify, if you will. So in terms of liquidation, so are we talking about domains that are nearing expiration or what are we? I mean, is it is it that the domain is about to expire, or is it just, you know, well, hey. You know, this domain yeah. probably has been renewed for another two years, but I just want to liquidate it, get rid of it. Yeah, you yeah, know, it has absolutely. So um, there's there's two kind of platforms that came out around the same time, right? There was ours, uh, dnwv.com, and then Epic released Name Liquidate as well around the same time. Um, and they're actually very different. Uh, in Name Liquidate, they're focused on names, essentially, that people are planning to drop uh, and to, and so, like when when the when the domain starts to when the domain enters expiration, they can they can put it up for uh, they can put it up to uh, any kind of a, that Dutch reverse auction style and name liquidate. We're, we're completely different. What we're what we're actually looking for is domains that people don't want to drop because they have a certain level of of uh, of liquidity. Um, so we're actually looking for domains that you know investors paid. A decent amount of money for you know that 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 would sell in an expired auction for at least three hundred dollars most of the time. So if someone submits a name that they you know they just registered or they just picked up for twenty bucks, you know it's most likely going to not be a good fit for our platform. Um, if it was a domain that they just paid you know four hundred dollars for in a namejet auction, and now they're a little bit tight on cash and they just want to turn over a few names. You know, they can list it for 400, 450, you know, 500. There's a little bit of flexibility depending on what the market is doing and the data that we've got. Um, and, you know, they can get their money back. Um, so that's, that's the general, that's the general framework. Um, there's, there's no, it's not particularly geared to, to, uh, any type of status in terms of when they when you know when, whether the domain is expiring on it's more tied to the to to the quality of the domain name uh now who said who sets that pricing so we have a we have a so obviously my partner josh Schoen and i are um, 
uh, are both heavily focused on um, on the platform, and a lot of our time is going into the platform. But for the most part, we're both reviewing names manually. Um, at the moment, he is the one who's doing most of the uh, most of the um, uh, valuation of of these names. Um, but we typically are both doing them. So it's almost, it's almost like a, it's almost like a review panel. So we make sure we try to make sure that we're pricing them as fairly as possible. Um, but obviously we're, we're still, we're still two guys that are reviewing hundreds of submissions every mm-hmm. single day. So, you know, there's no, no doubt that sometimes we will, uh, maybe approve a name that we shouldn't have approved or maybe, uh, maybe not approve a name that we should have approved. Right. Um, <laughs> it just, it just, it's, it's one of those things that we're going to have to continue to fine tune. But having said that part of the big value of our platform is that every single name that's on there has been curated by two people that, you know, do, do this and make, make and, and have done this for a while. Um, so we do it have names on the platform that people will say hey these are all good names as opposed to oh i've got to sift through all of the rubbish and i don't want to touch i don't want to touch that and oh that's a name that's actually okay um it's more like oh these names are all okay like i could actually invest in any of these names and it would be viable gotcha so then in terms of uh i mean do you kind of see this because i i look out over the future and i go okay hey five years from now you guys are probably going to have hundreds, if not thousands of sales um, under your belt. And to a certain extent, I started thinking about, does your platform, obviously one of many, it, does it start or become or act like very much like an MLS of, you know, in its own right? Yeah. I, so it's very difficult to determine where this goes. But one thing that I do want to keep it, uh, keep, uh, I do want to keep it as a private platform uh that is geared towards the investment community so right. one of the reasons why i think that i that, that we've seen success is that this 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 platform is supposed to be purely for the domain investor while every other platform that you ever see get released it's always geared towards end users um it's always geared towards putting up retail pricing um and we don't want anything to do with that. We, we, you put, you, you submitted a domain at, at retail pricing and we can't accept it uh, because that's not the point of the platform. We try to, we, I mean, our sell-through rate is, is somewhere in between 20 and 30% of awesome. the domains that get listed. Um, and obviously, as we know, the sell-through rate to, to end users is going to be significantly lower than that. Um, <laughs> 1% so we wanna, if we, we can call it that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we want to we stay in our lane for the foreseeable future and just keep it, uh, and just keep it a, pl- a private platform for investors. And I think that they appreciate that they have a venue that they can list names for, say, 500 bucks on DNWE, but then also keep their $5,000 price tag on after Nick and Cedo and um, and their landing pages, uh, because if that end user comes along and buys the name, you know they got a five thousand dollar sale. They can remove the name from DNWE. If that end user doesn't come along, um, then you know they might they, then they can get a five they can get five hundred dollars in a in a more of a liquidation sale, and they know that it's gone to another, uh, and they know that you know that the likelihood is that it's gone to another investor. Obviously, we can't guarantee that that investor is going to use it. Uh, is 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 not going to use it, right? They might might be an investor that ends up using it, but 
But what we can guarantee is that it was sold in a on a, on a private platform that wasn't publicly available to everyone. Now, that's interesting. I never thought about that, you know, from the standpoint of keeping the domain listed um, at a retail value and keeping the landing page there, but then listing it on on the liquidation platform on dnwe.com. So um, that is that is really interesting. And so that provides something that hasn't necessarily always been there. Obviously, you could go and list retail, but in certain instances, you're probably left negotiating, sending emails back and forth with uh, the wholesale market in most yeah. cases. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing. Exactly. I mean, you get, you, you can list your, you can list your names at retail, but um, if you, so, so if you, if you list your name, if you list your name on Afternick or Cedo or whatever for a, for a more of a liquid price, then you're actually also giving, you're also giving, you know, a false, almost a false uh, um, pretense of what the market is, right? right? So an end user comes along and buys and buys a, a, a twenty thousand dollar name for you know two thousand bucks because this because this uh, particular seller was just like, oh, I, I really need the cash right now. I need to liquidate this at a price it's going to move quickly at. And the end user that's watching it sees that domain and sees that it's just changed price to two thousand dollars and picks it up. Uh, so now that end user thinks, well, you know, this is a, this is a, that's great. This name is worth two thousand dollars. <laughs> when and actually, you know, they just got an absolute steal, <laughs> right? So that is interesting. And so, like, long term, where do you see DNWE going? Yeah. So I mean, we've got seven. We've got over seven hundred users right now. Um, obviously, what we've seen over the last few weeks is we've got a lot more applications from people that you just don't know about. They have you know thirty to forty domains. They're not. They're not exactly. Um, they're not like well-known active investors, but they do have small portfolios. And some of these guys have really, really great names. Um, and I think that these are the type of people that can probably assist in bringing a little bit more liquidity to the market. Um, because while they're not active in auctions and those kind of things, um, they may be the type of, uh, person that, you know, logs into DNWE once in a while and sees, you know, a few great names at great prices and says, Hey, I'd like to add that one to my portfolio, or I'd like to add that one to my portfolio. So I think I think that we'll start to get I think we'll start to get a, a few more people that are less active in the industry onto the platform, um, and uh, and keep and and hopefully keep building it out and keep and, and keep getting more and more names. Um, but as of like as as of any kind of like MLS or anything like that, um, we probably probably want to keep it private for now. Gotcha. Gotcha. So then even, you know, I was asking about looking forward to the future of DNWE, but let's talk about just today's domain market and kind of where you see things headed into the future for the domain industry. I mean, so obviously at the time of this recording, we've been locked down. Shoot. How many weeks now? Countless, at least six, seven. Yeah. Yeah. It's been the best part <laughs> of two months now, now nearly, right? Right. Something like that. And so, what what do you i mean in your opinion has covid actually impacted the domain industry um yes yeah, so there, there was a there was the initial period at the end of march um 
last two weeks of March, I think it was. It was either the last two weeks of March or the or the first two weeks of March. I can't can't remember off the top of my head right now. But we there was a two week period where large portfolio holders um, uh, saw a massive massive drop off. Nobody, everybody stopped spending. Um, and, and you can probably remember when that was. It was when that it was when the stock market just completely went into free fall. Right. Um, so at that same time everything just came to a halt nobody nobody bought anything um and then kind of as it just steadied and 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 um almost like hit it hit, hit the bottom of what we've seen so far i'm not saying that there might not be there might be a new bottom i'm not sure yet but um that's when people kind of realized hey we've got to keep operating a business here <laughs> um or mm-hmm. you know life needs to go on how are we going to deal with the current circumstances? And I think a lot of smart, uh, a lot of smart and uh, businesses kind of said, "Hey, we're we're going into a, we're going into a digital world here. Um, right. We need to have our digital strategy fine tuned, and we need to make sure that we're set up in the best possible way to succeed in what is an ever changing remote world." Right. And the start of that is the main name. So what I've seen since that point is a lot of large portfolio holders, um, myself as, as well, I'm not a large portfolio holder, but I've seen a huge increase in inquiries and I've seen more sales on the lower end of the market, right? That, that the, the kind of $5,000 names. Um, and I think that that market will, will, uh, will continue to do well for a little while. Um, I think that eventually the higher end names will start picking up again. Um, I'm not saying they're not happening right now because I have heard about uh, at least a, at least a few six figure sales in the last couple of weeks. Um, and um, yeah, I, the main market is actually withstanding what's happening very very well. Um, I mean, most I've seen I've seen a lot of events that say, "Hey, this is you know the market's crashing, things are crashing." That's not actually completely valid right now. Domains are actually holding their own pretty well. And that's interesting because, you know, I I would have figured about the same uh, in terms of saying, one, this is forcing a lot of uh, businesses, a lot of organizations who weren't online, online, or if they were online, in some cases, upgrading um, Mm -hmm. their domain. But then also, you know, we look and I think as of, the moment at this time of the recording, I mean, there's 25 million people that are unemployed and you now not all 25 million are going to go out and start businesses, but you can likely say a good percentage of folks will now, whether or not they pay, you know, um, three figure, four, four figure, mid four figure, you know, or higher in terms of a domain name that's yet to likely be determined. But the, Case in point is, in most cases, if they're going to go all in on this idea or this next business venture, they, like you said, they're going to need a domain. Yeah. I mean, listen, you and I know better than anyone else. It's very, very difficult to register a decent domain name. It is. <laughs> very, very difficult to register a decent domain name. Can you pick up a good domain name for your business from the 2000 to $5,000 range? Absolutely. Absolutely. Can someone put that on their credit card and say, this is my investment towards uh, hopefully building my business on uh, and not having to rely on my old employer that just fired me? Yeah, I can see that. 
And and so it's one of those things that as as time plays out and who knows how long we're we're in for this is just kind of hang on and 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 I go the old way of life certainly in my belief isn't coming back. Um, but there will be a new life to look forward to, if you will, in terms of of um, just how we go about living life. Um, I think that that more and more we'll probably see. I mean, we'll probably get back to in-person conferences, but likely is the case. You may see a hybrid, if not online experiences for conferences. And so yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. So from that standpoint, you know, from the you know domain industry, I mean, what like do you do you think um obviously there's just been much talk of hey a recession or even something is is as gruesome as the great depression do you think that that is something that will ultimately happen or even lead to a domain crash because there are some folks that are like ah the domain industry it's going to crash Mm, the higher end might come down might continue to come down a little bit in value um but because things seem to be moving pretty, at least from what I can tell, things at the lower end, and when I say lower end, it's like 5,000 and less are moving. Yeah, they're, they're definitely, they're definitely moving. They're definitely moving. I mean, I, 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 it's not a, I'm not guessing. I, I know it based on the, 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 the things that I'm hearing back from very close connections within the industry that have, you know, 20, 30, 50,000 names. Right. Um, so th- th- those names, those names are definitely selling selling well yeah and that's it that's the thing that you know like i said even before our call i moved at least 80 percent of my domains over to uh or at least parked them with dan.com and um i've just seen a surge of traffic as well as inquiries yeah yeah and i, and I did want to touch on this is the fact that you said hey i think we we're i think that what we're experiencing today is going to change a lot a lot of how we operate going forward, regardless of the circumstances. And um, what I'll say about that is people love simplicity and convenience. And something like a virtual domain conference is a good example, right? There there would be a load more people that attended a virtual domain conference. Um, Even though the experience is obviously not as good, I would much prefer to go to an in-person one. There would be more people that attended a virtual conference because they could do it while sitting on their bed. Um, And And it's cost-friendly. And it's cost-friendly. And, uh, you know, another example is I'd never used Amazon Fresh until until this until this uh uh this whole this whole thing broke out and i can tell you that i will definitely be using amazon fresh in the future um (laughs) because it's easy and simple um and you're gonna you're gonna see that a lot of people come to a realization that oh it's much easier for me to do it this way or a business will say hey it's much easier for me to build my store online as opposed to renting out this space and selling my store in, you know, on, on the high street, why have I not been doing this all along? It's, it's, it's inevitable. Now, Josh, now, if we look out over the course of time, let's just say 15 years from now, you and I are on mics having this same conversation. Let's hope that it does happen. <laughs> um, 15 years out, we look back at this moment. What do you think will be said about this moment and how it impacted the domain industry? That's a really good question. This is so. If I could make 
I guess right now I would say that this is actually the moment that uh, I would say that this is actually the moment that the general public becomes a little bit more aware of what the industry actually has to offer and domain names in general. Um, I think that more people are going to be interacting digitally than ever before. That's a fact. And as a result, there's just going to be more attention on the foundation to that digital environment, which is a domain name. So I think that this is going to be actually a little bit of a uh, of a turning point for domains, which a lot of people kind of said, have argued outside of the industry that domains have become a lot less relevant since you know since since Google basically messed messed everything up for us. Um, <laughs> so so but but I, I I think that you'll see that there's a turning point that happens again where where people have a lot more of an appreciation for domain names and hopefully like I said more people will come into the industry uh, as investors and help legitimize what we're doing as a uh, obviously a, a, bona, a, a bona fide way of, of, of doing business. Now, that makes that makes perfect sense. I mean, I, I certainly agree with that. Um, you know, that 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 the hope I go is everything that you said um, when looking back, you know, some 15 years from now. I, I, I truly hope that that, you know, ultimately is the case. I know one of the things that I think about in terms of you looking at some of the new domain investors and I'm like, man, if for those who are coming in, it's like that. I know my advice to them is certainly it's like if you have the cash, definitely focus in on the, you know, the the one words if you have that that cash to be able to do so. Uh, but even if not, it's like, man, you can still find some very, very good two-word deals. Oh, at our.com. 100%. I think that, that you might you may end up seeing, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, twoworth.coms have gone up a lot in price over the last uh, five years. But I actually, I don't think they've gone up as much as oneworth.coms have. A lot of the time, you know, companies are choosing to brand off, you know, good quality twoworth.coms. And I think that they're, while, while a lot of the kind of investors and the people and brokers have gone out of their way to track down every single one word.com owner out there. They haven't done that yet. Two word.coms. So there's still opportunity there. So as we wrap up, you know, what would be your advice to someone desiring to kick off their domain investing journey? Like, you know, where should they start? Yeah. Um, the same advice to, that I give to people that reach out to me, and uh, I would say that Domain, Domain Sherpa is your friend. Uh, I mean, the guys Drew, obviously Andrew Rosner from from Media Options is there's no there's no better uh, there's no better person to to uh, listen to when it comes to uh, comes to this industry, um, and he's obviously on Domain Sherpa most of the time. Um, uh, domain Shane, Shane Coltra, he's on Domain Sherpa all the time. And I mean, he, he talks a lot of sense and he runs a great blog, uh, which is another great uh, area that new investors can uh, can learn about the industry. Um, but yeah, I would I would make sure that you, 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 you spend time listening to those kind of videos, reading those blogs from people that have a background uh, of doing well in the industry that 
that you know you, you can actually say hey this person has you know sold this or this person has sold that or this person owns these names and you and you can actually say yeah this note person knows what they're talking about as opposed to listening to what you know some amb- ambiguous uh, ambiguous username on on name pros is telling you about investing in new gtlds um because quite don't frankly do it. don't yeah, do it exactly but unfortunately a lot of investors will end up uh will end up you know taking that path because it's the easier path to entry um but yeah i, I would i would say my prime my primary advice would actually be to uh to read the blogs uh watch domain sherpa and probably sign up to the academy if you can Certainly. So then last but not least, I mean, is there anything else that you'd like to share with listeners, like how listeners can get in contact with you if they had questions about DNWE? Yeah. So me, I, I, my personal email is jr at joshreason.com. Um, you'll see me on, uh, see me on Twitter quite frequently. If, if you're, uh, you see, if you follow the industry at all, um, my Twitter handle is twitter.com slash josh.co. Um, and that's dot spelled out. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can, you can, you can schedule an appointment to talk to me at josh.co as well. Um, and yeah, I'm always happy to, to jump on the phone with, with people that are interested in taking a step into the industry. Uh, because like I said, I would like to see more, more investors get involved and I would like to see, uh, the industry continue to grow. Well, certainly, man. Certainly. Well, with that, man, we're out of time. So, Josh, thank you again for joining us today and sharing your entrepreneurial and domain investing journey. Thanks for having me, Alvin. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to Kickstart Commerce, where we share search marketing and domain name strategies to help grow your business. Please subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or Podbean. Last but not least, please visit kickstartcommerce.com to subscribe to the newsletter sharing tips and tricks about the disciplines of digital strategy. Thanks, and that's all for now.